1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Brian Driscoll. That's Ryan Roberts. We are here to discuss the pending decision of Brandon Hillman, who is making a commitment today between Notre Dame, USC, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Kentucky. Brandon, is uh, it is being streamed right now, but we can't show it. Uh, but he is sitting down talking and all those type of things. So, Ryan, we will, we, will be, we will be talking about his decision here. Very, very soon, yeah. Obviously, this is a young man that Notre Dame got on late. It's kind of mm-hmm. funny. Um, it was when Rita got sick, I came home that one night, remember to get some work done while my wife stayed at the you know, in, in Purdue, and that's when I got the call that they were going to make a move on this kid. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, it's been a crappy week, but this is good news <laughs> because I yeah. love Virginia kids. And then you pop in the film and you're like, wow, this kid's really good, and then mm-hmm. as so as soon as that happens, in Tennessee gets involved. Uh, Miami offers Oklahoma offers USC offered recently North Carolina push this is one of the fastest risers Ryan in the country rankings wise and from a standpoint of just schools coming after him hard as a senior yeah
2: well Brian I know we'll go into his backstory here you know throughout the show but If you look before the season started, when he was still in the summer, he was a kid that had one offer to Norfolk States. That was the only offer he had until the senior season started. And then
1: he he ended up getting one from like Howard as well, I think. But that's it.
2: Down down the stretch. So he was a very under-recruited kid until I think there was kind of an opening up of like possibility to play other positions besides quarterbacks. And that's a good –
1: right. That's the thing is he's a dynamite run throw quarterback in high school. He had yep. over a 1,000 yards as a rusher and passer this year and last year. But early on, he was set on being a quarterback. And as he became more open to playing other positions, that's when you saw things start to blow up. And then he's two-time uh, 4A region player of the year on offense. He mm-hmm. was an all-district player as a quarterback, a defensive back, and a punter, which just okay. kind of tells you you know, the versatility of this kid. So you know, Notre Dame made a push. They did get in there sort of early, and they've been trying to – to to seal the deal with this one they were able to get him on a visit the weekend of october 15th the weekend they play stanford obviously not the ideal game you want to see unless your pitch is dude see there's opportunities for you to come play but uh he's listing all these people that he's thanking is very very bright kid very good student Mm -hmm. very talented player so he
2: really is he really is and He's a player that can project to a lot of different positions, which we'll get yeah. into on this show, right, which makes it super exciting because people keep asking, man, like, where's Brandon Hillman going to play if he goes to Notre Dame? Guys, where can he play is a better question that we can ask ourselves. Like, he could play right. so many different positions, which makes it really exciting to kind of think about.
1: Right. Well, and he's an interesting kid, Ryan, because he could play quarterback at certain schools, sure. right? He reminds me a lot of Woody Dansler if that mm-hmm. quarterback was still in vogue. You remember him from Clemson? Yes. Not a true quarterback, but a kid that can throw the ball. I mean, he's got a nice arm. He's just not necessarily a quarterback. He's got a very live arm, uh, dynamic runner in that old Rich Rodriguez, Pat White type of mode. He could be a really dynamic player like that. There's just not a lot of schools looking for that kind of quarterback anymore at the major Power 5 level. He could play running back, which is actually the position Notre Dame was initially looking at him for. But then they landed Jeremiah Love and it's like, well, we're good here. You know what I mean? So then it was receiver and safety and rover. And there's kind of a battle on the staff of who wants the kid, you know, because they all want the kids.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
3: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
2: And I know, Brian, for me, like I look at him and I'm just like, that kid's a rover. But like I have opened up possibilities to, sorry.
1: He, no, no, you're good. He's getting ready to announce his commitment. So gotcha. he is has, uh, he's got his church on shirt on, he's standing up and uh, he's reaching for different hats, grabs Kentucky, sets it down, right? Crowd's laughing, and he picks up North Carolina, almost puts it on, sets it down, (laughs) then he takes his shirt off, and it's Notre Dame. So Brandon Hillman has committed to Notre Dame, everybody. Take it away, Ryan. Yeah, and it's really exciting for Notre Dame, obviously. Like I was
2: kind of getting into, you know, could he end up as a running back? possibly could he be that dynamic slot receiver potentially that is a kind of a yak guy could bring a ton of tackles. Sure. Could he be a deep safety in Notre Dame system where they want to play a lot of too high and they want to rotate down and do all that type of stuff for sure. Rover is a position as well that I look at and say, with the, with the, with the production you've had in Spurs at that spot over the last few years, think about what Jeremiah Wusukoromo was able to accomplish Athletically, I think there's some comparisons to them, right? Because I I think that they are both not the most straight line fast players of all time as far as the testing numbers, but on field, they're incredibly explosive, great in short areas, and supremely physical football players and have a good sense of field awareness. And so when I look at Brandon Hillman, I'm like, that kid's a defensive weapon on the next Mm -hmm. level, potentially, but he can also be a weapon carrying the football. And I mean, Brian, we talked about it a ton, right? who is going to be – Brandon Hillman is going to be the best friend of Brian Mason pretty early on in his yeah. career, man. <laughs> yeah. Him on coverage units, pump block team, all different types. Potentially man. as He's a returner. I mean, that's the could, thing is, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't well.
1: necessarily dismiss the idea when you're talking about finding ways. Let's just say he does end up on defense, and that's not even a given right now, Ryan. Sure. But let's just say he does. I mean, you're going to say this kid's a little too dynamic with the ball not to try to find some way to get him the football. Yeah. And you know, those are the different aspects you look at and say, Boy, you know, you just you want to find a way to get this guy to football as well. And he just and in in that regard, Ryan, he fits in so well with the rest of this class because there's just so many kids in this class that could play multiple positions at a high level, not just play him, just be serviceable. But like there's like eight Xavier Wattses in this class, and some even grade out even higher than him as a as a as a player on both sides of the ball and that's just something you can't have enough of in this class and that's exactly what Brandon Hillman is you know you're talking about playing rover and safety and all that and and I agree with you and I'll give my opinion on where I think he fits best when you're done but the fact is mm-hmm. is like you're going to be very tempted to say is there a way we can somehow get this kid to football mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to ask yourself that. as a And if you're not, you're not doing this coaching thing right.
2: Wildcat quarterback, I can imagine him being an RPO weapon from working in the slot as an after-catch guy. Like, he can do a lot of different things. There's no doubt. And it's really good because I think you mentioned this already, Brian, but the fits makes a ton of sense from the class perspective, right? I mean, I have to think Coach O'Leary and Coach Golden are kind of looking at their chops thinking about like, hey, if we have – uh, Don Shuler, Peyton Bowen, Ben Minich, and Brandon Hillman playing somewhere in the safety rover conversation, right. there's a lot of different possibilities that you can have there, right? And be right. very versatile right. in the back end. On the offensive side of the football, if he ends up being you know, kind of more that yak wide receiver, let's say, then... You have two dynamic outside players, in my opinion, and Jane Greathouse and Braylon James. You have Rico Flores who can work outside and in and do all the, you know, the little nuances of the game. That's fantastic. You have mm-hmm. Dylan Edwards who can work more from the slot. You have Caleb Smith that can work more for the slot. But how Brandon Hillman would be potentially used as a slot RPO type of after catch wide receiver is a lot different than what Caleb Smith's going to do, right? Caleb yeah. Smith is going to win with acceleration, with field vision. Brandon Hillman is one of those kids where you get the football in his hand, he's going to break two tackles, and he's going to get you an extra 10, 15 yards at the end of a run because he's that type of physical player. So having this type of kid where you've really, as Notre Dame now that they have Kenny Minchie on board, you've really hit your needs at every single spot, right? So now that you have an athlete to the caliber of Brandon Hillman, you can leave it up for possibilities of he could play at position X, position Y, position Z, because there's not really a need in the class from where he needs to necessarily fit in. You just let his talent and his body develop and see where he fits in best long-term.
1: Yeah. Let's go a little bit of the backstory, Ryan, on this one. So as I mentioned before, Notre Dame got involved in him sort of uh, really early in the, the fall and Chad Bowden, who just never stops grinding was just, look, the class wasn't done yet. They had needs. They had needs at, you know, receiver. They had needs at running back. They had needs, you know, to adding more depth to the secondary, potentially a rover type of prospect. And he comes across Brandon Hillman. And then, of course, gets verified times and all this kind of stuff. And then um, I won't tell you some of the things that Chad did uh, in order to um, promote Brandon Hillman maybe to others in the recruiting industry and other schools in order to, Maybe boost his profile a little bit, uh, but uh, it was it was very very interesting and very savvy stuff. But really got on him early, Ryan, and I think that was a big part of this because, as you found out from talking to his coach, and I'll let you share that here in a little bit, yeah. he was someone who was a little bit sensitive to schools that got on to him late because so many kind of passed on him early. And, and uh, you know, and I think Notre Dame getting on him early and having not have turned him down before, but then getting on him early before the rush really came in regard to when I say early, they didn't necessarily offer him right away, but getting on him, building that relationship, you know, and then the offer eventually comes and it was an exciting thing instead of offering him right away and then saying, yeah, but you can't commit just yet. They did their right. due diligence. So when we reported that Notre Dame was looking at him, Chad had been on him for a little while uh and, and so they had even they'd talk they, and at some point in time during his recruitment they've talked about quarterback running back receiver rover secondary they've talked about just about everything and they finally just said look dude we, we don't know where we're gonna play you we just we just want you and we we know we can find a place for you and Notre Dame really stayed near the top he's a very high academic young man he's very very intelligent young man and when he came to Notre Dame, it just clicked. And at that point in time, Notre Dame was the team to beat. I mean, when we talked with sources on every every angle, it was always, yeah, Notre Dame is going to be hard to beat. I listen, I would listen to kind of like podcasts from like North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and re, and they're all like, yeah, no, this school really likes them. But yeah, but Notre Dame's you know, going to be hard to beat. And they were because Notre Dame could just offer something that – the other schools on the, on the, on his list couldn't offer, which is that combination of high level football, high academics, and then allowing him to be versatile. I think some schools, you know, they really focused in on one position and, and, and I think he didn't have a problem with that. But I think the fact that Notre Dame was like, dude, we'll play anywhere. Right. You know, and then you look at the situation now and people are like, well, you look going to the ball game or the bowl game and what happens if Tyler Buckner gets hurt? Well, who's the next quarterback. And you're like, or if you go into the USC game and you're down to the basically Drew Pine and, and Steve Angeli, well, what if one of them goes down? Who do you play? Well, if you have a kid like this on your roster, the answer's easy. Brandon yes. Hillman, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? You put him at Wildcat quarterback and he can run, he can throw, he can hand off. He understands all the mechanics of playing the quarterback position. He understands how to read a defense. You can give him a you know a simplified enough game plan to say, hey, look, we get in a pinch. We're putting you back there and we're running read zone, we're running power read, and we're going to throw some bombs. Right. Because yep. he's got a very live downfield arm, right? I mean, he can throw the deep ball. There's no doubt about that. And it just adds to the just the overall versatility of what this kid brings to the show or to the table and, and to the depth chart. And, and so that's kind of what helped Notre Dame's push. And then, of course, when he got on mm-hmm. campus, he met a lot of the commits that weekend. Obviously, he visited the same weekend as Jeremiah Love. You had Dylan Edwards on campus. CJ Carr was on campus. I'm trying to think of all the Ben minutes was on campus. I mean, there was a lot of kids from Notre Dame on campus that weekend to to be around Jeremiah Love, but they also got a chance to meet Brandon Hillman, and it clicked. And it was just mm-hmm. it, this was it was always kind of a after that weekend. Honestly, folks, it was more of a, a when not if it was going to happen. But North Carolina and Virginia Tech really made hard pushes. Uh, USC tried to get in there late. wasn't it was going to be too hard for them to get in there that late. But Mm -hmm. I think North Carolina, Virginia Tech, probably the two schools that made the hardest push, Miami tried to come after him, Tennessee tried to come after him, Oklahoma tried to come after him, and none of them could kind of really get in there. North Carolina and Virginia Tech were two schools that got on him early and didn't Mm -hmm. say no slow play, any of that stuff. They got on him kind of early as well as Notre Dame. And I think those are the three schools that he showed the most affinity for because they did not do what Ryan, some other schools, which you'll, you'll be able to share from your conversation with his coach. Um, yep. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. So it, it's a really fascinating backstory because like you said, Brian, I got a chance to have a pretty long conversation yesterday with the head coach for Brandon Hillman at Churchland. And I, I'll say this folks, there was a lot of frustration on both sides as far as from the head coach and from Brandon's side, because he felt like he was incredibly under appreciated and under recruited on the recruiting trail. I mean, like I said, he only had one or two offers and leave the summer. Right. And they were both FCS programs. And you look at that and you just kind of watch the film. You're just like, what, what, gives there. Right. And we've talked about the, you know, willingness to play other positions by besides quarterback. We'll talk, we, we talked about that already, but from my conversation with his head coach, there was a lot of schools that had shown interest, including a school, that had him on campus four different times dating back to last summer. And they kept saying the right things to Brandon. You know, we we love you, man. You're a really great player. You're in our plans. But they never pulled the trigger. And they slow played him a lot. And until the offer lists really started to beef up there, right, with the, like Brian said, the Miamis, the Tennessees, the Oklahomas, the now USC's recently – there was a couple schools that tried to come back into the mix that were those early schools that were on him, but weren't interested enough. And basically at that point, Brandon and his head coach were just basically like, "No thanks. Like you, you, you had a shot. You weren't interested then. Nothing's changed now. We're still the same football player. I'm still the same student. You just, you know, you you misevaluated." in their opinion yeah, and you right? didn't have
1: the courage to jump on him when you know you needed everybody else's affirmation before you were willing exactly. to jump on the kid why Why would I want to go why would I want to why would I want to be there yeah
2: exactly exactly so they were I mean Brandon and his coach from everything that I've, I've heard it, they're very big on relationships right and they're very big on the trust and I think that the reason Notre Dame won out outside of the fact that they are a great academic institution and they give Brandon something different than he's used to, right? And a big opportunity moving forward is the fact that once they were on him, they were on him. Right. And they didn't never wavered. waver from that, not a single second. And they kept the same pitch consistently. Like I talked about other positions, like possible positions, but they left it on, un- like, man, we just want you, right? Like, we don't 100% care where you end up
1: ultimately. When that's the thing is, is even though maybe running back and receiver may have been the initial conversation or DB, depending on which Notre Dame coach you talk to it, it, when they, when they filled up at other spots that there, there was never a question of, well, gee, we don't, we may not want you anymore. It was, well, you know, we don't need you there anymore. Well, what about this? And I, and, and I have to think that that mattered to to Brandon and I don't have confirmation of this, Ryan, he might've said this, his coach might've said this, I don't have confirmation of this, but like, when you talk to sources you know, that are invo- that, that, that were kind of tied into this recruitment, I think that mattered to him. The mm-hmm. fact that, you know, look, they, they were kind of talking to me about running back, and then Jeremiah Love commits the weekend that I'm on campus. There was yeah. never a, well, we're not sure if we want you anymore now. It was, okay, so – we, we were already talking about this and this and this. It doesn't matter. We want you here. Well, you get the fifth receiver. Okay, so doesn't matter. You can still maybe be a hybrid guy. You can be a guy that maybe plays Rover. You can maybe place him. Hey, we may even try you corner. Like, we just want you here. Yep. You know, and that's really, I think, the thing that mattered is compare that to the other school you're talking about, and we think we have an idea who it is. And, <laughs> and well, you know, we love you, but we love you, but we love you, but. There's always an excuse not to pull the trigger where Notre Dame's like, dude, we don't care what happens everywhere else. We yeah. have the room. We want you. And they made a hard push for him. And I, and I know that rankings are – yeah, he's a three-star by most. He's the – actually uh, on three bumped him up to a four-star in the number 291 player in the country. He grades out as a four-star top 250 caliber player on our board. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he's not higher is just because, in my opinion, you still there still is – does need to be some projection. level of projection to somewhere. For sure. But athletically, Ryan, I think that Jeremiah Wusukoromoa comparisons really make a lot of sense for me. Similar body type, although I would argue that Brandon's just a little bit longer Mm -hmm. than Jeremiah was, at least taller for sure. Yep. And and Jeremiah was not fast. He plays fast, but he's not 40 times fast, and that's how Brandon is. But it's more just smooth, the combination of smooth and explosive in short areas and then the length to run. Is really where for me, mm-hmm. why I come down to if he's going to be an offensive player, it's got to be receiver. If he's going to be a defensive player, I really like him at rover, and yes. that's those are the two positions that me Percy I like him the best because of that length, that range, and you just talk about a kid that uh, it, it, you mentioned the three man safety class of Peyton Bona, Don Schuler, and Ben Minich, and how he fits in with that group. It's mm-hmm. sort of like four for three is the way that I look at it because ideally. And when you look at the teams that Notre Dame is going to have to play, USC now with Lincoln Riley, when you look at Ohio State, who they play next year, and then Clemson, and some of the some of the teams are going to be on the schedule down the road, the North Carolinas, but then also the national powers. Alabama likes to do a lot of 11 personnel and throw the ball all over the field. You know, Tennessee is doing a lot of that now. A lot of schools are co- sort of moving to um, sort of this – Somebody just talking about his speed and Madden. Um, he plays fast. I'm just telling you all this is not debatable. He wouldn't if he ran a 40 at the combine. He probably doesn't break a 47. I'm just telling you that. That's why he didn't run it at the pro day. He played fast. He didn't have like track speed, which is exactly what we're talking about. Okay, yep. I don't care what his Madden grade is. He plays fast. <laughs> he doesn't test fast. But when you when you look at at him, Ryan, I, I think that to play all those teams, the Tennessees, the the North Carolinas, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Clemson, especially if Cade Klubnik is who we think he is going to be, USC of course, mm-hmm. Texas, all these programs are trying to spread you out and throw the ball, and sort of the old school four two five with four three personnel has some merits that get some looks, but it's not really the ideal thing. You need the Jalen Sneeds. You need the, the, the Brandon Hillman's. You need the Jeremiah Wusukoromoas to be at those Rover spots. Mm-hmm. Now the thing about Jalen Sneed is, is let's say that Jalen Sneed is, is looks great at Rover. And so does Brandon Hillman. Well, Jalen Sneed's a kid that could slide in and be an impact dynamic might or will, you know what I mean? And so, there's, they can play together, but the point is that's the kind of athlete you ideally need. Even in a Don Schuler coming down and playing that position, I think, gives mm-hmm. you more against more teams than having a Jack Kaiser, a, yeah. a player like that, a, a a Drew Tranquil from 2018 who was great at Rover in 2017, excuse me, but would not be as great of a fit at Rover now because okay. of just how how the schedule's changing. The opposition is changing. The teams around the country are changing. And you're seeing more and more of this spread the field, but yet also spreading the field and wanting to still run. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Tennessee doesn't – Tennessee's not Mississippi State. right? USC's not Mississippi State. Texas is not Mississippi State. North Carolina's not Mississippi State, where they're just throwing the old school Texas Tech. They're going to spread you out, but still have the ability to run. The perimeter screen game is essentially outside run. You need someone that can take on blocks, and that's why – you also don't necessarily want to go with a 4-2-5 where you've got a pure corner there all the time. Mm-hmm. If you can find that happy medium is a third safety. I think it's the happy medium to find in that type of player. And that's what I love about Brandon Hillman because he's got the length. He reminds me a lot. and He's not as tall. Reminds me a lot of the kid that Mike Elko had at Wake Forest a couple of years ago, uh, Thomas Brown. Hmm. You know, where he was a safety, but he was like 6'4". was really long and rangy. You know, you're trying to throw curl routes over him, and he's getting like his go-go agile gadget arms out there to break up passes. You know, he couldn't necessarily play man coverage all the time, but this is a kid that I could see doing a lot of that. So that's, that's where the the rover aspect really attracts me. But a lot of those same traits that I just talked about are also why I really like him a receiver, because then you watch you, – it's like you convince yourself he's a defensive player, mm-hmm. and then you watch him on offense again, you're like, dang. Man, he's so dynamic with the ball. He's so shifty and elusive and great vision and high football IQ as a football player. Like, man, how do I just dismiss a guy that went for a 1,000 yards rushing and passing in two years in a row at a really good level of football in Virginia and just toss him on defense? It makes it a really hard decision, Ryan, because I could spend as much time, you know, talking about him on offense as I just spent about how well he fits at Rover. And that's one of the reasons you love this pickup.
2: Well, and I would say this too, Brian, outside of just the natural athleticism and explosiveness he plays with, the reason I may prefer him slightly on defense is because of how physical he is, man. That is like the determiner for me. Even when running the football, like he is breaking tackles. He's shedding arm tackles. Defensively, man, if you pop on his highlight tape, folks, and you just watch the second half where he starts playing more defense, my guy is absolutely coming up with a vengeance. Coming to balance in the run game, just bringing his pads with him. He really is. And a great story that his coach shared with me, Brian, and I'll share with people out there. We have a, will have a more in-depth piece for my conversation with his coach, but he talked to me because it, it goes to the physicality part of everything, the explosiveness part, but you also mentioned Madden, which is a great little backstory. So he talked to me about him when he was a freshman. First time he saw Brandon Hillman was in a seven on seven. And at that point, Brandon was a freshman and he was very uncertain. And the coach told me that you could see his heart pounding through his compression shirt, right? Like you could see it. He was just super nervous. But then that fall, when you got the pads on, there was one rep in particular he talked about in practice where he was playing quarterback on the scout team, I believe. And he broke the pocket. He's going towards the sideline. He has a linebacker working inside on him and he has a safety coming from depth and he He's like, okay, this kid's coming out of bounds and he's going to get knocked out of bounds. He's going to get tackled on the sideline. Told me Brandon put on the brakes, made the linebacker dive and completely miss him, go flying into the sideline. He compared it to Madden, and everybody knows this when you play Madden for the first time and you're trying to you know learn how to tackle on defense and you just keep hitting the dive button and you completely miss the ball carrier. Like that's how he that's how he quantified it. He's like the guy, kid just went flying out of bounds, but then the worst best part. Is not only did he hit the brakes and make that kid look silly, he proceeded to hurdle the safety and go for a touchdown as a freshman. And he came up to the coach, the coaches after that play, and was like, That's what you're going to have for the next three years, straight up, just like that. So there's confidence, there's physicality, and there is electric athleticism, man. And just being able to talk to his coach a little bit. This is a rare football player that comes through that school for him, right? Like he doesn't have Brandon Hillman just walking around, right? Like this is a different type of cat. So having this type of kid to Notre Dame, I mean, the possibilities are endless, man. And just to speak to the athletic profile this kid has, it's, it's pretty
1: impressive. Well, to your point, Churchland does not typically produce this kind of kid. You know, most of the kids from the Chesapeake-Portsmouth area, they'll come from Deep Creek in Chesapeake, Oscar Smith in Chesapeake, Western Branch in Chesapeake. You know, Deep Creek is where, like, Deion Dyer went, Dre Bly is from Western Branch. Um, Oscar Smith obviously has produced a lot of Division One quarterback or a lot of Division One players in recent years. Uh, then there's the Norfolk schools. You know, Maury produced, I believe, uh, Maury is where uh, Cam Chancellor went, I believe he is a Maury grad um you know and then obviously there's the virginia beach schools and all that and it's all sort of the same region mm-hmm. you know and and so like um, i'm very familiar with the region i actually played at Kempsville high school um my dad went to lake taylor lake taylor's in the same division as, as churchland the truckers i've seen i've seen them play i've seen churchland play um i've Coached, I've played against kids from that league. I've coached there. I've recruited that league. You know, I've recruited, I've been to church on, on recruiting trips before. So they don't normally produce Brandon Hillmans. They're not mm-hmm. one of those schools that produces a Brandon Hillman. So uh, he is one of those rare kids at that school. You'll see. You'll see other schools produce kids like that. Like Notre Dame got a kid from Lake Taylor, Darnell. You'll, if you remember correctly. Yes. But and then of course there's a lot of kids sort of across the bridge and at Hampton and Phoebus and schools like that as well. So, but it's all sort of the same 757 region, which are there's just a ton of talent. But in a lot of instances, there's just not a lot of kids that could fit in at Notre Dame, and and so you don't. I think the last athlete that notre dame got from the 757 i could be wrong on this but because i got darnell yule from lake taylor but he was a lineman i believe the last athlete that notre dame got from that region was isaiah gardner back when ty willingham was the coach because a lot of the kids that notre Dame's got from virginia up near richmond or further north or out west like cj ProSice was at woodbury forest which is out west yep. and and then chris tyree's up more from like kind of close to to um to where, like uh, Richmond, he's up sort of in the Richmond area. So Notre Dame hasn't necessarily had a ton of those. Um, C.J. Procise is probably the closest skill player to that. He's from Petersburg, but Petersburg is still like past Hampton and, and, and uh, Phoebus and all those schools. So he he would be the closest. But again, C.J. went to a private school, a boarding school out, out in the western part of the state, northwestern part of the state. So uh, they don't get skill players in this region very often. And so I'm, I'm ecstatic. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled because that's where I'm from. That's, you know, my old stomping ground. So love getting kids from, from this area, Ryan. And, and uh, you know, I look at it and I say um, you look at the class impact and it's a, it's a unique, we, we like to do class impact for recruits. When you talk about the class impact for Brandon Hillman, it's kind of hard to do because you he doesn't necessarily have a need all the positions where he might play there's not necessarily a need other than rover right and but that doesn't mean he's definitely going to play rover i mean there's a lot of things are going to factor into it but it it is quite interesting to kind of look at and say you know like let's say that let's say as as a freshman let's say notre dame looks at the roster and they say in the schedule they say you know what we really want to get Peyton – I'm just making this up. I'm completely making this up. But we really we really want to get Peyton Hillman on the – or Peyton Bowen on the field, right? And, you know, we, we just feel like he, he – in fall camp, he was really great in coverage, and we just feel like with our early September schedule with Ohio State coming up, we want to get him down in sort of like a big slot kind of role. Well, you're going to need depth at safety. Okay, move Brandon Hillman back to safety. Let's say Peyton Bowen's starting at safety or in the rotation of safety, and you just don't have great depth at Rover. You can move him down to Rover. Let's say Mm -hmm. there's a couple injuries at running back or a couple injuries at wide receiver. Bam, you put him over there. And I think that's the thing that he gives is he doesn't necessarily have a class impact, so to speak, from a 2023 standpoint, other than this is just another dynamic athlete. The, to truly understand the impact he's going to have, you have to look at the versatility he provides the roster, which is what we've talked about. But the thing that I want to focus on here, Ryan, since mm-hmm. we kind of we kind of already dove a little bit into the different play, ways he can impact the roster is just adding him to this athletic package that we've seen here, it is clear that Marcus Freeman, Tommy Reese, Chad Bowden, Al Golden, Mike McKenna, the whole staff, it has been a very – obvious obvious goal of we need to get longer and faster but we need to do it with football players Mm -hmm. one of the things you and I have talked about is a lot of the kids that Notre Dame has landed in the past I think of like the Ramon Hendersons Mm -hmm. I think of some of the kids that are like that I think of Osita Iguanus those really long rangy twitchy kids that Notre Dame has landed the last five six seven years a lot of them Weren't really natural football players. Mm-hmm. They were just athletic kids. What this class is filled of is it's just, it's football players and they're dynamic and they're long. And I don't know if I've seen an influx of this much just pure athleticism and skill talent at Notre Dame. Honestly, I just, I can't remember. I think we'd probably have to go back to the Lou Holtz era because you start thinking of, well, the 2013 had a lot of athletes. Yeah, but not the depth of athleticism in every position. I think the 2013 class only had like two DBs. Mm-hmm. It was like Rashad Kinlaw and Cole Luke, I think it was it. Max Redfield, so like three DBs. The linebackers opposite Jalen Smith were like Doug Randolph, who's more of a 3-4 outside linebacker. Michael Deeb, you know, receiver, you had three really good receivers. You had two really good running backs. This class has five receivers and two running backs. You know, I just think the, 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 28, the 2008 class could rival it, you know, then Michael Floyd, but then after that it was Deion Walker and John Goodman, and then they were done. You know, the 2008 defensive back class was pretty good, uh, but it was like a lot of Robert Blanton's, like really long, high football IQ, tough kids, not a lot of guys can just flat-out run like mm-hmm. this group. I mean, even Michael Floyd was more of a big, strong kind of guy. Just the amount of speed and athleticism is tremendous, Ryan – But what can't be dismissed is I could praise the football IQ of, I'm going to say just about because I'm I'm trying to quickly think through my head, Mm -hmm. but there's not a single kid on here whose football IQ I would question or football instincts I would question. And the two guys I may have questioned as juniors is Braylon James and Jeremiah Love. And you Mm -hmm. pop on their senior film and it's no longer a question anymore. I think that's the part that is impactful. It's not just length. It's not just athleticism but it's football players and it's a lot of them. And it was not, it's not by accident.
2: Right. Well, and I think for me, Brian too, I mean, I think what goes along with that is a lot of the players in this class are guys that play on both sides of the football, play multiple sports. Like they're very well-rounded kids in this class, in my opinion, which I think matters. Right. I think it, I think it matters for Brandon Hillman even potentially projecting to defense, which we're talking about a ton. Right. But if he does, I think that you give a lot of credit to the fact of like, hey, he was a quarterback. He understands where offenses are trying to attack and why they're trying to do it, right, and and where they're trying to do it. So that understanding of spacing and awareness on the defensive side of football, I think, is paramount. I think that shows up in film, man. I really do, and on the offensive side of the football. You can see the vision, right? You can see it. When he takes off and runs, he can he sees the field, he sees the game at a very mature level, which gives you a lot of hope. Like this isn't a I know some people again are gonna freak out because most pop, most platforms have him as a three star. But if you pop on the film, I just think you'll quickly understand that hey, does he have a position home right now that you are for sure a hundred percent understanding of where he's gonna fit? No. But is he a raw football player? I wouldn't say so. I would not say so at all because I think he sees the game at a very mature level. It's just that there's going to be a extra nuance of like hey, if he is a rover, if he is a wide receiver wherever he ends up ultimately finding the more, you know, the in-depth things about that position, right? The little nuances of the position. That's the next step for Brandon Hillman. But to your point, Brian, I want this type of kid on the football fields. I want him because Every single position, folks, again, I know that there's been a couple misses. Every school has misses, though. Everybody. Not everybody gets the board 100% what they have said to begin with, right? Nobody does. But Notre Dame, across the board, at the safety position, at the linebacker position, corner, defensive line, offensive line, skill position, quarterback, everywhere, Notre Dame has gotten more talented and has gotten longer and more explosive. I mean, I'm just dreaming, Brian, because, again, this is just me. This is not what Notre Dame fixed necessarily, but I have a dream of this kid playing Rover with in the same room as a Jalen Sneed and maybe even a Jaden Osberry at some point, right? Like to 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 think about that is just the possibilities are endless, man. Because that skill set and you combine with the fact of like, hey, there's a couple safeties on this roster potentially of the Adon Schuler types that you could say, hey, Adon. Go play, go play Rover on this series because they're going to spread us out a little bit more, right? They're going to try yeah. to hit some screens, do all that type of stuff. So just at endless possibilities, man. And, and you're not, your not even mentioning all
1: the there. dudes. You're not mentioning yeah. Drake Bowen. You're not exactly. mentioning Nolan Ziegler. You're not mentioning Junior Tielamaka. You're not mentioning – you didn't – not all – I mean – I'm not saying – I'm not calling you out. I'm saying, like, oh, no. you could just sit there and list all these guys. It would have, it would have been too – you know what I mean? What? But, like, Ben Minich, and we haven't even talked about how good Notre Dame's at corner in this, the last two classes. And that's exactly. the point, right, is there's so much athleticism in this group. And it's in a longer – like, Jalen, he's not tall. He's, like, six one and no. a half, but he's long. That's yeah. a difference. There's a difference. You know, um, Brandon Hillman's long. Peyton Bowen is only six feet tall, but he's a long six feet tall. Even mm-hmm. probably he's not even six feet tall, if we're being honest. I mean, he's probably five eleven, but he's a right. long five eleven. You mm-hmm. know, and and those are things you look for and say, man, this like Christian Gray is probably the longest DB they have. And he's a corner. He's long, That's the man. thing you get really excited about. You know, and, and you look at Jaden Osbury, he's like listed to like six one and a half, six two. I've heard he's closer to six two now, but he's just so long. You just look at his mm-hmm. arms. It's just like he had a tackle against Arch Manning, where Arch tried to make him cut. And he just stuck his arms way out, and it looked like they were like three feet long. And it just trips Arch up in in, in that matchup. So
2: and and then um, talk about the defensive ends in this class, man. Oh, I know talk about length. It's like ridiculous. Armel Mokum and Bubacar Traore and Brandon Vernon. It's, it's Devin Houston. Cra- yeah, and, and I also think that you're seeing an evolution a little bit too, Brian. Because we spent a lot of time on Rover, right? The evolution of what the Rover position might look like but you even mentioned like a Drake Bowen. Would you be shocked if Drake Bowen's a Mike linebacker eventually and like kind of looking forward and being like, you went from play, you know, somebody that looks like JD Bertrand to someone that looks like Drake Bowen, right? Like two mm-hmm. inches taller, longer, a little more explosive. Like the evolution, I think of the positions for Notre Dame as well is something that we need to spend a little more time on, man, because it is, I mean, as they continue to add the length and the explosiveness that they are in the last couple classes, you're seeing positions now look different than they once did at Notre Dame. And that's a natural maturation, right? That's natural development. But also I think that Notre Dame has had a very clear vision that we need to change the prototypes at some positions, right? It Mm -hmm. needs to look different. It needs to, because we, if you don't evolve, you die. And that's the point blank period to it. And I think that's what we're seeing from the staff, especially with a guy like Hillman.
1: You'd mention, well, if you pop on the film, you're gonna see such and such. So well, hey, let the what the heck? Let's do it. Let's pop on the film, right? And so what we're gonna do is his senior highlight film is sped up. Yes. And hard to watch. Otherwise, other I mean, you see like referees like their feet are like going like a million miles an hour. Um it's really hilarious. But uh, we're gonna so we're gonna pop in some of the individual game film, which is more normal pace, but also it gives you a lot more a lot more clips of that. And so we're gonna we're gonna look at that a little bit and uh, dive into dive into that. And so we're gonna start with this the last the playoff game, one of his playoff mm-hmm. games here, and show you that film because it, it is really impressive. This is against Grafton. So we're gonna pull that up and Ryan will go ahead and talk everybody through that and uh, let you guys don't need to see us. So we'll pop that in there and and uh, and work through this film. So let's get started, Ryan. Obviously, you'll see him starred and he's a quarterback.
2: Uh, and I think the first thing that pops out, Brian, is that the kid is a very quick twitch athlete. So the RPO game, and I know his coach talked about this a ton, right? So he can he definitely throw the football well enough, but I think for me, like you see kind of it's got a little bit of a high step in look to him as a runner man, but he's explosive and he gets to his top speed incredibly quickly, which I think is important, right? And he's got that inside-outside look to him. I mean, they run a bunch of zone read. They run power read. He is doing a little bit of everything as a runner. But then you
1: look at him and you're like, I mean, my I man could throw the football a little bit. His but balance here, though, in these clips, yes. Ryan, is just really exceptional. I mean, this clip right here, I, I don't care about the leap, right? Like, that's such an overrated thing to me. But mm-hmm. watch how quickly he lands and gets immediately into running form.
2: Yes, right. He's like, like, he's like he's like a hurdler, you know. Right. Like when hurdlers get that right. that lead leg down and they just explode forward, right? Like that's what yeah. he, that's what he looks like to me. And I mean, it's a great point, Brian, because he is just an explosive kid that gets to his top speed again right. very quickly. And I think that shows up on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, man. Like he comes right. to balance and he explodes quickly when he makes a decision.
1: Yeah. I think that you see elusiveness. You see very light on his feet. Again, that's a. Ni- I mean, that's a nice arm talent. That's a kid that if I'm at Norfolk State, if I'm if I'm in a school like that, I'd love to have a kid like that at quarterback, a, a run throw kid like that at quarterback, Ryan. You yep. know, and so you see those. You see those tools. You see those traits, and you start to say, "Boy, this kid, this kid can do a little something." We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch some uh, in season conference film here next. This is against Booker T High School, which is actually where my dad went to high school for a couple of years. He, I think, started at Booker T, and then they started busting him to Lake Taylor, I, or it was a, maybe it's the other way around. He was at Lake Taylor and started busting to Booker T. I don't, I don't know. I, it's, the whole thing is confusing. That's when they were busting people from one. And I don't even get into that nonsense. But anyway, uh, but my dad went to Booker T. I actually recruited Booker T. When I was coaching some fun fun stories about that but uh this is actually right near where my parents used to live so this is actually at churchland however mm-hmm. and you'll see some more action and you'll see him just the athleticism the, the lower body strength is impressive for his size too and you see that in yeah. some of these clips yeah he he's the type of kid
2: that breaks a ton of arm tackles and here you see him for you the know, first couple of clips here now playing safety I and mean, he plays a lot of too high safety but he comes look at down that,
1: and look at that length though ryan That's the thing that like, like the length right there, you can see, you can see how quickly he closes on the football. And even, even
2: though he gets in late on this little tackle here, man, like you can see once he makes a decision and triggers when he he gets downhill, he's explosive. Yes. Again, gets to his top speed very quickly. And the thing I love a lot about him on defense too, Brian, is when he sees something, he trusted 100 miles per hour, man. He's going. Yeah, He's not but you know. Guessing.
1: But you know what, though, Ryan? Here's the thing, though. A lot of kids that play like that play out of control. And yep. If you look at this particular clip, he flies downhill, but then he sees the kid. And then how quickly he comes to balance goes yes. low and makes the form tackle. Like, this isn't just, oh, an athletic kid that flew up and killed somebody. This is yep. a kid that understands, hey, I'm out on an island here. I, he, he does two things I love. I just talked about the one. He comes to balance, makes a form tackle. But look at the angle. The reason he doesn't blow this kid up is because he knows his primary responsibility is outside contain. I cannot yeah. let this guy get outside me, so he flies outside, funnels the kid back inside, but then he's in position to make the tackle. That is such sound football there, right? Yeah. And we can we can get caught up in the athleticism and the range and all that, but this is an incredibly sound football play. It is, and that's the thing but- I like.
2: But I, I'll, also, I'll also get excited about the athleticism too, Brian, because you don't well, often see a kid trigger from safety and making a right. attack for loss on a speed option. Like, it's right. just, it's very impressive
1: right. stuff. But athleticism is only going to get you so far to the next level, right? Sure. There were some athletes at Notre Dame that were looking pretty silly in, in space against USC, yeah. right? Like, you've got to be a sound football player as well. And the, the, mm-hmm. the athletic traits are, are fun, and we're going to continue to break them down. I love them. But the thing I just like about this kid so much, Ryan, is he's just such a he's a he's a football player, man. He's not just an athlete. He's a football player. Like I love this toughness right here.
2: Yes, he's a physical kid. man. He never, he never stops. stops his football.
1: And there's some cats that can run at Booker T. Let me tell you all right now, there's some cats that can run at Booker T. But mm-hmm. he just I mean, they just can't keep up with him.
2: The best is, too, is that this offense. Yes, they run some power read. They run some. um, some zone read. They let him throw the football around a little bit, but then you just see this offensive time. It's like, okay, this is Brandon Hillman. Keep right. Brandon Hillman. Keep left. Right. The best athlete on the field.
1: And just, he, he plays it and he plays like this stuff. Like some people, my dad would hate this, right? My dad would probably hate this. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love the swagger that he plays with. I do. I mean, I kind of played this way and, and I, and I, I just, I I like kids to play that way. You know, I just like kids that play with attitude, play with swagger. There's a, there's a smack right there.
2: Well, Brandon, I mean, because I think for Brandon, Brian, it, he, it's something where, again, man, he did not blow up until late in the process. Right. I think there is a little bit of a chip on his shoulder with how he yeah. plays. I really do. Because he thinks he's way
1: better than that. And he is. Absolutely. I mean, he's yes. not wrong. <laughs>
2: you know he's what I mean? Wrong.
1: But he's not someone who's like, you know, the, the, that stuff is just fuel to him. It's not something he doesn't he doesn't second guess himself. This is a really nice clip right here. I remember this really light on his feet. Look at that awareness, right? Ryan, this is what I'm talking. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff I'm talking about. This is this is awareness. This yeah. is both of these kids, great coverage awareness by these two kids from Churchland. Look at the communication. But Brandon doesn't see that other kid, he just knows it. And then, oh wow, a jump in front of it. Not only to recognize, but to jump in front of it, hear the communication. Like I said, you just see that he's a really sound football player. This is another yep. example. He's trying to cover a slant. Look at this. Look how quickly he reads the slide and just blows it up. Yep. And it's it's not
2: easy to switch on the goal line either, which you saw in the clip before that, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's not. You have to be a smart pair of players to be able to do that. And then you see the read and recognition that he had on the last play to stop the guy short of the goal line. Like I again, man, I think that there is some very natural instincts to him as a player. And I think that a lot of that is due to his experience playing on the offensive side of the
1: ball defensively right like i think that that helps them a lot this is against ic norcom actually a high school that i interviewed for the head coaching job back in the day so this is this is actually against ic norcom the game is at churchland churchland has a a, a field that is very um you you you're not confused about whose field it is (laughs) there's no (laughs) doubt but norcom's another school that produces a lot that's why i wanted that job they produce a lot of athletes they're just not always coached great at least they mm-hmm. weren't back in the day, but always a lot of athletes at, at Norcom. I love the mm-hmm. awareness there, though. Look at him keep his eyes downfield. Again, that's just a he's just a football player. Not the greatest throw in the world, but you okay, see the live arm though. Look, that's I was Hunter's gonna got say to yeah, his arm his arm is definitely
2: live, man. That's not an easy throw, like <laughs> no. climbing up like that on the run. Like that's not nope. easy, but he's got he does have a nice arm. He really does. Yeah. So. Yep. Because, like, honestly, Brian, you know, if if you would have told me that Notre Dame took this kid as kind of a flyer quarterback, I would have been okay with that, man. He's he's a talented Mm -hmm. kid. You know, I think that his traits will be best suited at other spots. But, I mean, it's not like this kid has a lack of ability as a passer. It's just, you know, there's obviously, I think, other positions that
1: suit his skill set better, in my opinion. Yeah, I just think you kind of limit just how impactful he can be a quarterback.
3: Exactly. I think is, is
1: the thing for me. Um, yeah. Here's some defensive stuff. You see him on the back end. Look at the. Re- I mean, this isn't a lot. It's but it's a, he changes direction three times, three times in a very quick amount of time. He's mm-hmm. back, then he goes quickly, goes laterally, very wasted motion, then then he's downhill, yeah. and just really, really smooth athlete, really smooth athlete.
2: Yeah, and I think some of these clips Brian is why I started to turn you know my opinion a little bit as far as because I thought
1: he was a rover the first time I saw him and then I'm like, oh maybe he can play deep safety because yeah. he he could he could yeah. but yeah. I think right now I, I would say that the path for him to play is is better at Rover because oh, I right. think this is where this is where I think Rover's ideal because this is where you see somewhat of the limitation right like if there mm-hmm. if there is a limitation it's he's just not quite the burner that Peyton right. Bowen is that you know that some of the other guys at the position are sure but then you see this this is where he this is where he's at his best coming downhill Oof. and that's why I say like he could be an alley safety i don't know yes. if i want him playing in like deep thirds mm-hmm. but as an alley safety as a rover boy man he's got like like for example Peyton Bowen's just pure range pure range and athleticism this yes. kid is more of a true strong safety you know yep. downhill Bring him down. Yep. Could you see a scenario where him and Peyton Bowen complement each other? Sure. Hundred percent. But that's also yeah. where I see a Don Schuler. You know. Yeah. But if the starting trio is somewhere Hillman, Peyton Bowen, and a Don Schuler, well, Peyton Bowen's the pure safety, and the other two you figure out who's the rover and who's the sort of the the strong safety kid. Yeah. And that's where you start getting fired up about it.
2: I, I love that pop on the last one too, Brian, because that was a big kid that he went head to head yeah. with, man. That was not a small boy, you know. And you mm-hmm. see the
1: pop in the pads. You just mm-hmm. see. It. When that kid stops that kid thinks he's gonna yes. run him over and he just he yeah. does not get any more vertical movement at all Ag- absolutely he like I say he's just he's at his best when he's running downhill yes
2: yeah i I think you you nailed it correctly though like if he's a safety this is that true strong safety I am going to get down in short zone and I am gonna knock you out like that's mm-hmm. this type of kid he's a really explosive
1: hitter, and he's really good in short spaces, which is why I like him at Rover again. Yeah, we're going to watch a couple more games here real quick of him, and uh, and then we'll, we'll move on to sort of just kind of what's left in the class. Nice deep ball here. I remember this clip from earlier. Yep. He has a really nice deep ball, actually, which is yeah.
2: interesting. So That's
1: why I say, like, if you got in a pinch and you had to play him a quarterback, you're not just running a wildcat hoping to get out of the game. I love that. <laughs> You know, you're talking about you've got a couple things in your art in your in your tool belt that you can go to with this kid. Look at this. You know, just the criticism.
2: Yeah, man. What, one thing I'm happy about is that I never made anyone's highlight
1: tape of me getting hurtled, which I'm Seriously. very happy about. So. Seriously. <laughs> if you'd have played it in the 757, no, you might have. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, you might have because I, <sighs> I I learned that, too. Like I, I told I've made the, I've told the story and I'd say it jokingly, but it's true. The first pass I ever threw in high school got caught by Dre Bly. He oh, wasn't really? on my team, yeah. Well, he was on the <laughs> other team, but like that's I had amazing. a, co- I had my receiver Trey Simpkins is open on a corner route by three or four yards. Well, growing up in Northwest Ohio, that's a touchdown, much less you know. So I throw that ball out towards the sideline on a rope, mm-hmm. and Dre Bly was like, "I wasn't even running yet, bro," and he just fly, turns on fly. the Jets, and I'm like, "Dang."
2: <laughs> not, not, nothing to be ashamed of with a 10-year NFL vet so. know, right? <laughs>
1: it's like okay that's a little different in northwest Ohio football right there fellas <laughs> so, yeah D- Dre Bly was yeah. a pro bowler so it's yeah, okay no, yeah but it's just like uh I don't know what I could have done differently on that one so that was a little different a little different level of football there's no doubt oh yeah yeah, but this kid's a really special athlete, and they did play against Western Branch, which is where Dre Bly is from. Fortunately for me, it was a scrimmage; it wasn't a real game, so there's no, <laughs> there's no actual statistical evidence of that ever happening. Nice. So, I could always deny it if I wanted to. I <laughs> can't now that I've told the story, but yeah, look, the, look yeah. at just how you talk about Ryan how he gets gets to full speed quickly. Sure. This is another example of that. I mean, he gets downhill in a hurry. And he's a runaway
2: freight train, man. Mm-hmm. Runaway Freight Train. Which again, Brian, like some people might not, some people are probably gonna say, like, oh, running back then, right? And I'm just like, I would love to see this kid as a receiver. You hit a little RPO action, you just hit a little just a little slants mm-hmm. with him, right? And just watch him just go head the head against a safety going downhill, man. Like this is the type of kid that's gonna break a couple tackles. He's like your modern Big slots type, right? Yeah. Guys that can break a ton of tackles. Like that's who he is offensively, in my opinion, if he sticks on the offensive side of the football. And like you said, also wouldn't count it out that maybe he's a kick returner at some point, man. Like that momentum getting downhill.
1: Yeah. Like I'm gonna add one yeah. more rank because this is the uh, this is their second playoff game. And I or the first playoff game, I wanted to show this one as well. Cause I, I like showing it against the best competition. So this is against Heritage, which is across the river in the Hampton mm-hmm. uh Newport News area. Yeah. So this is the first round of the playoffs again. They won 49 to 20 and this kid went absolutely off in this football game. <laughs> this again, this is good football. This is against kids. There's a lot of kids on the other side of the field that are this is him playing corner. Look how easy his hips are. You I remember seeing this clip from earlier. Very easy, fluid hips, Ryan.
2: Yep. So we now seen him we now seen him in the box, Brian. We've seen him in deep safety, we've seen him at corner, we've seen him run the football, pass right. the football. I mean, we even saw him holding and right. taking a taking a bad snap for a touchdown. So, I mean, this kid does. And you said he's an all area punter as well, right? Right. So Second team all district everything. punter. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Second team all district punter. It's pretty uh pretty nutty. But yeah, I mean, you just you look at why 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 is he playing corner there? He hardly plays any corner. It's because there was a matchup that mm-hmm. they said we've got to put our best dude against their best dude. Yes. And that's basically what it boils down to, you know. So, that's that's yeah. what you do when you have a kid like that. Yeah,
2: I, I I can't relate from my high school coaching career. I never quite had a kid like this, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's what you do with him if you have him. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, let's get to a couple more here. There is it's, actually- it's even
2: more impressive too, Brian, that you say he does so much, and you said that he plays at a pretty good classification of Virginia. You know, as you get mm-hmm. better classifications, you don't expect a kid to have to do as much, right? right. But you do. I think that's a separator, too, is like you even talk about uh, a lot of schools
1: aren't there like the seven, five, seven. They don't have huge rosters. You know, it just it's not it's not. um, Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. But yes. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I I mean, I was even thinking just like like
2: a Peyton Bowen, for instance, he's playing at 6A in the state of Texas. Right. Like the highest classification. And he's playing safety he's playing wide receiver when they need him he's their punt returner like these you have a lot of kids that are asked to do a lot of things because they are the
1: unquestioned best athlete on their team right so that's a little bit from the heritage game i'm gonna real quick ryan as we talk more about him i'm gonna see if there was any anything from the western branch film of him in coverage against paul phil uh paul Billips, who's a, a kid that uh is committed to North Carolina receiver from North Carolina. I'm going to see if there's anything from the, the Western branch clips here real quick, but like, you, I think Ryan, you nailed the point though. we have seen this kid play running back. He essentially be a running back at, from the quarterback position. We've seen this kid be a um, quarterback dropping back and throwing the football. We've seen this mm-hmm. kid line up as a deep safety, as an alley safety, as a slot cover guy, as an outside cover guy. I mean, this kid is, this kid does everything. He really does everything. And that's... I mean, he's, he's fun to watch, Ryan. His film is incredibly fun to watch.
2: I just can't believe he didn't put any um, any highlights of him punting on film. I was a little disappointed. I know, right?
1: Him. Seriously. I'm sure there's some out there. There's he's the be. kind of kid that will
2: punt a ball and then he'll go down and make the tackle from the front right. position. <laughs> right.
1: Yep. Yeah, there's a nice clip of here playing deep safety and just, just, just gets all over Billups, but it's not like a it's it's not really like a, a play where you you see anything, but gotcha, yeah. Brian. Isn't he
2: also like? I, I know they don't do the wedge anymore, but like this is the kid that you're just like, go break the
1: wedge, you know? <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> destroy the wedge. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So that uh, Ryan, that is uh, that is Brandon Hillman on film, impact player. I mean, that's the thing is, y'all saw it there. He's a football player. That's the thing, right? He's a football player. And Notre Dame, under Marcus Freeman, is looking for football players. And there's nothing wrong with taking guys who are projections, who are really twitching athletic. I think the key is, however, is just making sure that you're um, doing it to where you're balancing them with a lot more football players. And that's the thing. That's why I love, you know, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa so much coming out of high school Mm -hmm. is because – you didn't know where he was really going to play. I mean, you thought he was going to be a rover, but, I mean, on one play he's playing free safety. The next play he's rushing off the edge. The next play he's playing quarterback. The next – you know, Prince Colley was that way. I just – I like kids that – Xavier Watts was that way. You just like kids that, boy, if – you know, Xavier Watts, I thought he was going to be a wide receiver in Notre Dame. But needs came and arose, and now all of a sudden that kid's got a shot to be a starting safety next year. C.J. ProSize comes in Notre Dame as a safety. Eventually moves over and he starts at wide receiver year later, moves to running back, and he's a 1,000-yard rusher, <laughs> you know, and from Virginia. I mean, he's from a so- somewhat close area to where these this kid is from. So you just yep. – you can't have enough guys like that. You just can't have and, enough guys like that.
2: And, and I'll say this too, Brian. We've talked about – we talked about this a lot in the preseason and into the season – One area that we wanted to see Notre Dame have more success in is the D.M.V. area, right? Right. I mean, we talk obviously a lot more about like the
1: the Maryland Catholic schools, DC, Maryland, Virginia, is what they're referring to.
2: And and obviously, they missed out on Jason Moore, who's going to Ohio State, right? But you got Devin Houston from that area, you got Armel Mukum. now you got Brandon Hillman. You got three very talented football players from that region right now, which I, I think again. Nor Dame needs continue to tap into, but they tapped into it a little bit this
1: this cycle, and that needs to continue moving forward. Well, and you know my you know my bias towards Virginia kids, but in <laughs> we, my defense, got, they, got they have turned ends. out to be a lot of them have turned out to be pretty good, you know. That's true. So, um, but I don't count Armel Mookam as a Virginia guy. He just goes yeah. to school there, so you know. But uh, you can have, a, you can have him by association. He's a Canadian can kid, and I got nothing but love for that. You know. <laughs> well, then so. you can't you can't count
2: Devin Houston then either for being. No, like, I, for I, I don't.
1: Man. I don't. I mean, but it it is. But what's important though, to your point, and this was your point, which is I think is spot on, is yep. you want to have a you want to have a presence at those schools wherever the kids came from, Canada, wherever. You want to have a presence at those schools, yes, and that's the key, and that's what Notre name is doing, and that's where getting a kid like this is important, if because. And this is why I've said a lot of schools don't like Notre Dame coming. And this is why they, Florida schools and SEC schools, so harshly negatively recruiting against Notre Dame when they're recruiting kids from Florida. Because mm-hmm. the last thing they want is for three, four kids from Florida to come up to Notre Dame, thrive in the classroom, thrive on the football field, to come high picks. And all of a sudden these kids are like, wait a minute, why am I go to this school? And they're, you know, not even top 100 degree because they produce big time players when I go to Notre Dame still be a big time player and get a degree that's going to allow me to, to do this this and this cuz like my point with some of these kids and I'm working on an article about this Ryan mm-hmm. is what's unique about the Notre Dame kids and, and and the pitch that Notre Dame needs to have when it comes to NIL is look you can take the million dollars up front but you no 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 person that truly is successful in life just takes the the easy path Hey, look, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Have fun. Go spend it. Or I'm going to give you 200 grand. You're going to have to work for it, but I'm going to give you principles and I'm going to teach you lessons that are going to allow you to turn that 200 grand into $10 million. Right. And that's the difference. And that's what these Notre Dame kids understand. You and I have talked to parents and talked to recruits where they explain that very thing. Yeah, this would be nice to get this million dollars now, but if I go to Notre Dame, I'm still going to make money but I'm going to be given the tools to turn that in. It's, a, it's like an investment. Do you just mm-hmm. take a million dollars and spend it? Or, or or if I give you, like, I'll give you a million dollars and you can do, do whatever you want with it. Or I'm going to give you $200,000 and I'm going to show you how you can invest it and eventually, over time and hard work, turn it into $10 million. Right. Well, the kids that understand the importance of the other one, the second part, are the ones that are going to come to Notre Dame and thrive yep. at Notre Dame. And that's the kind of real- kid that you're looking for.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it's still really refreshing to see those kids that bet on themselves, right? Like it's the mm-hmm. long term versus the short term. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but there is some kids that just do not see past the first check, versus the first season, and that's why a lot of kids are just kind of, you know, making movement so quickly and abruptly without even having like a real plan. I feel like, right? And but I think that for Notre Dame, getting those types of kids that have a little more foresight to what's important to them. And have, I think that for me, Brian, like, if we're talking to Hillman's coach, again, I think Brandon, like, Brandon could have just stayed down south, right, and, and went to one of those schools. But I think that what really attracted him about Notre Dame is that it's different, right? And those types of kids, why is Braylon James leaving the state of Texas to come up to play at Notre Dame? Why is Jaden Great, uh, Greathouse doing the same? Why is Peyton Bowen doing the same? Why is Jaden Lamar coming from Cali all the way over to, to Notre Dame, Rico Flores, um, from, sorry, from Washington? Why is Rico Flores coming from Cali all the way to Notre Dame? It's because I feel like these types of kids see the value in something different, right? Like Jaden Greathouse could have stayed in the state of Texas and just been a Longhorn and would have been great, and he would have been successful doing that. But he understands what makes Notre Dame difference, right? Sullivan Abstract could have went to Clemson. But he sees something different at Notre Dame. Brandon Hillman could have went to North Carolina or Virginia Tech or Miami or Tennessee or you Easier know, wherever. Paths. Easier paths, but he sees the value in being challenged and doing something different. And I think that that is still a really refreshing thing to look at.
1: Right. Somebody asked about how big he is. He's listed around 6'2", 190. He's at least six one to me. He's at least six uh 185, 190. He's a good sized kid. Cool. He's put together well. You see him up close in person. You're like, okay, this kid's got some this kid's got some size to him. So Yep. Yes, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. So, and he'll, pro- Brian, he'll
2: probably be after development, he'll probably be what Brian 210, maybe 215 at some point. Like, yeah, at the, the, the most. Frame? I mean, he could yeah.
1: stay in the 205 range and, and mm-hmm. streamline him if you want him at receiver or safety, you could streamline him. Yeah. But if you wanted to get him to Rover, he could get up to 210, 250. And that's all that's how big Jeremiah Wusukoromo was. He wasn't any better yep. than 210. I, th- I think he.
2: I, I think he waited at the combine at like two sixteen, and he. put And that on a was with him putting on
1: weight, exactly. Which is another exactly. reason he didn't run to forty because he put on weight to to do a lot of those things. So, you know, he's he's a very similar body it, type to Jeremiah.
2: It's it's so funny when people go to the combine and people are like, "Oh, that guy looks light on film," and they come in heavier, and they're like, "Wait, why isn't he testing? Huh? I wonder why he's not testing because he put right. on weight,
1: <laughs> right?" well no he um, had a had a hamstring well then if he had a hamstring why is he doing broad jump vertical jump and all that you know what i mean like stop running now. the 40 yeah right exactly. come on now come on now you know because the 40 would have been before all those things He's, right you can understand I, if, I, if he did all that then and then decided not to run 40 because of all that but like you know that's why he didn't I, do it that's my two favorite excuses he has a hamstring issue or he
2: hasn't um he hasn't practiced enough at the test i'm just like okay well because would you say
1: ryan that that with where he how he has played Mm -hmm. that he pretty much has sort of answered some of the um questions people had about him and his positional fit i mean he's certainly to me from what i read and what i people that watch nfl have told me He's playing like a first round pick, not like oh, yeah. the guy that was middle of the second I, round. And he's
2: playing more like a will linebacker role for Cleveland. And he's been, yeah, he's been very, very good. Back. And I know there were questions about, you know, the not testing and the the heart issue that came up late and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yes, in a vacuum, that kid was
1: a first round player that year. Like, no doubt about it. He was a first round football player. Well. Right. Yes. Some of the yeah. other stuff that caused him to drop wasn't related to how good he was in the football field. Absolutely. And that's why those things are important. But, yes, yep. football-wise, he was an, a dynamic player, very dynamic player. So last thing, Ryan, is we, we kind of do a what's next. And and for people that want to know, this is one of the dancing uh, gifts that we had on the board. So we're now down to one left. Yep. And uh, we expect that one to be uh, made a, aware by the end of the month as well. So mm-hmm. Notre Dame is now 14 days we are two weeks away by this two weeks from now, by this time we're going to pretty much know who Notre Dame's 2023 class is going to be finally I know right (laughs) so this is commitment number 27 it would not shock me if Notre Dame is done in 2023 now there's Mm -hmm. some other kids on the board Solomon Davis from Arizona or from California is a kid they're looking at right now they're pushing hard for him he likes Notre Dame but I think Oregon just kind of gone on him a little bit sooner so I think Oregon right now is the team to beat. Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's battling. Mike Mickens is battling. Chad Bowden's battling. But there's ground to make up there. There's really not a lot of. I mean, there's some there's some kids on the board. Names we can't mention that they're trying to flip, but the odds of them flipping them are are, are not probably not great right now. Uh, but they're going to try. But I think this is. It, it's a good chance this is where it ends at this point in time. They're gonna they're gonna grind to find some kids, but. But um, and then part of the backstory too, is so he committed to Notre Dame. When did I say it was about a week and a half, two weeks ago, right? It was a couple weeks ago it was, it was before was the regular beast. season was over. Yeah. With. yeah. And he called uh, called Coach Freeman and, and gave him the word. And but he the reason he waited till December 7th was he wanted he had already decided even before he made his commitment, he decided he was committing on today because today is his mother's birthday. So this is the birthday present that uh, he gave his mama. But I'm sure, uh, she's, I'm sure she's very proud sure. of that. As oh, well. yes. yes. Oh, yes. You could just see how the family reacted when he announced Notre Dame. That like they were like, they know what they know how big this is. Mm-hmm. They know how rare it is for a kid from Churchland to go to a place like Notre Dame. It's, it's right. not rare. I, like I won't say which high school, but I went to a school in Norfolk and I talked to the coach and I said, here's what I'm looking for. And he brought me out 20 kids, his 20 best players. And I think the highest GPA I I, I saw was like a two, two, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just, unfortunately in some of these areas, they just don't, they don't invest as much in that part of these kids as they do the athletic part of these kids. Right. And that's the disappointing thing. But this is a young man that gets it. I mean, you talk to his coach, does he seem like a guy that just doesn't give a rip about what these kids do off the field? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, that's why you see what you see. So, not every coach is that way. There are just some schools that are that way, is Absolutely. my point. And that's what makes it a little harder to do this, you know, to recruit from this area. But uh, this is a young man that, that obviously has the ability to, to be that on and off the field. And you see how excited his family is. But I think, Ryan, it would not shock me if this is where it ends. I think at this point in time, it's, they're trying to flip a couple kids and then just hold off other schools that are trying to, you know, to, to flip their kids right which has been going on for months it's nothing new you know you're seeing schools throwing huge nil deals at notre dame kids and all this other kind of stuff just trying to get them to flip late and it's a it's a wild it's a wild it's it's even it's even worse than i imagined it would be ryan yes Yes. and i'm curious how many of these deals that they're throwing out there are going to end up not coming through like it's going to be interesting with not and I'm not talking about the Notre Dame kids I'm just talking about a lot of these kids in general like I promise them this but then they show up and it's like well it's not actually that you know
2: I mean I mean Brad I know we're not getting into the NIL landscape as much but like I'm also mm-hmm. curious about like this year there's a lot of money getting thrown around well what if there's a lot of stories that do not end up well right as far right. as players not panning out and not doing what they were paid to do type of thing, right?
1: And wait, I gotta give fifty percent of this to the government. What? Seriously? <laughs> right. That doesn't right. make sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yep. So it's gonna be wild, yeah.
2: man. But again, it's to your point, kind of just going back to Notre Dame class. If this ends at twenty seven, it's a pretty remarkable job this this staff has done to to mm-hmm. to finalize this potential class. In the midst of that NIL craziness, in the midst of a lot of things we've been, we've seen happen, you know, during the season, it's it's going to end up being a really fun class, and I look forward to as we get closer to signing day, only two weeks away, the early signing period. That's it'll be really cool to just look at a lot of these backstories and how we got to where we are because it has been mm-hmm. a journey and it's been. It's been a long time in the making, man. I mean, there's a few players in this class that have been committed for well over a year at this point, right? Like, I just talked yeah. to a Don Schuler a couple days on the phone, just kind of you know, checking in with him and stuff. I'm just like, dang, man, you've been, <laughs> you've been committed like did well over a year. Did you see the now. shirt
1: his mom had on yesterday yes. during the home? That was so yes. awesome. Yes, I did. That was yep. so awesome. I texted another mom when I was like, ah, I need to see this shirt on you <laughs> for signing, you know, for your kid. She's like, he'd kill me. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I, fine. Yeah. Fine. I, yeah, I texted that was awesome. I, I texted Don about it. And yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty but pretty no, there I mean, it, it, there's just a lot of I mean, they're just they're fired up that this class really believes they're gonna do something special. That's the exciting thing, is they really do believe they're gonna do something special. Will they will find out, but exactly. they believe they will. And this is just and this is the other thing too, Ryan, is I think the one thing that this staff is showing a, a willingness to do is to over recruit. Yes, knowing that there's going to be some departures. And in some instances, they're encouraging departures because we're going to fix this thing quickly. And the Mm -hmm. way to do it quickly is to just bring in as many kids as possible that are buying into our vision because we recruited them to this vision. And I think that that can't be dismissed either. They couldn't naturally get to 27. They're getting to 27 because there's some kids that weren't bought in that are just not going to be able to be part of this thing anymore. And that's something that Brian Kelly was never willing to do Mm -hmm. that. I think you need to do as long as you're doing it the right way. Right. And not just running a kid off because he just didn't pan out the way you'd hoped. He's doing everything right. Academically doing everything you need. Athletically working hard, great attitude. You should never run a kid like that off. And from the kids that I've been told, it's either injury related, academic related or attitude related. It's not, it's not about, well, this kid's just not as, good as we'd hoped he would be because there's some kids that are like that that there's there's no conversation about them not coming back as long as you're doing that you've got to be willing to do that you've got to be willing to make those tough choices and then replace them with this this is what Notre Dame is going to be Ryan they're going to do the portal thing they're going to get the portal kids but this is where Notre Dame is going to be and has to be is recruit as many of these type of kids as you can and then coach the heck out of them over the next three four years No doubt, no doubt. And
2: I I think that Chad Bowden, the rest of the recruiting staff and the coaching staff in general needs a a huge pat on the back for that over-recruiting because to your point, Brian, I mean, you look at – I mean, there's been some players that have just kind of popped up on our radar, right, during the season that you're like, you know, is this a replacement for someone? And they're like, Nope, just another really good football player that we'd like that we think we can make the numbers work. Right. Cause I think they had foresight. They had understanding to what they would need, what the, what the team needs will be moving forward. Cause this is the ultimate part of roster construction, right? That's what recruiting is. You're, you're, you're acquiring talent and you're making it fit and you're filling in holes in a lot of instances and you're, you're projecting upside for yourself. So I think the staff needs a lot of credit for that because, there was a lot of points this year where you could have just been stagnant. You could have just been focusing just the kids on the board, and they continued to evaluate and identify players that fit at Notre Dame. And we're continuing to see that. You know, only a, two, a couple weeks until until signing day. They're still on a couple kids, which is it's gonna be fun to just kind of see what the final product is.
1: Yeah, there's no no doubt. So uh, Notre Dame lands Brandon Hillman. That is it for today on this part of it. That's big news. Uh, We are going to have a mailbag because we do have some questions and there's a lot more questions that people are going to be submitting here so we are going to jump into a mailbag I'm sure we'll continue talking about Brandon during that we'll continue talking about recruiting if you want to talk team college football as a whole obviously some big news today with the report that Jeff Brom is leaving uh, Purdue to go to Louisville it's a big big one for the ACC big for the big win for the ACC. So getting all that in the mailbag, but before we get to the mailbag and don't go, everybody, I want to see that number up at the top of people. And I want to see it stay the same or grow because we're not done yet. We're just done with this portion of the show. So hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. Sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. And we have on there our Christmas deal. If you want to get the Christmas uh, discount, it's 25% off your entire purchase at the merch store, uh, which is literally, I've had several people that have ordered stuff where I actually, in the negative because of the, the we just don't make a lot of money off this, but it's meant to be a way to grow our community as more so than it is a, a revenue generating aspect of what we do. But uh, some great new merch. I put the pullover on there. We've already had several people order those. The new bucket hat on there, which I'll be getting for the summer when I go to camps and stuff. It's a really, really cool IB bucket hat, lots of cool shirts and stuff. So definitely check that out. If you're not a member of the message board, sign up $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year. Uh, that is not an intro rate. That is just the rate. And if you sign up for the monthly, you get 10% off your, your uh, next purchase in the bookstore or member's bookstore. Uh, the merch store, the the IB merch store, and twenty uh, percent off. You find sign up annually, but if you're signing up now, I would encourage you to hold on to your 10 percent or twenty percent discount because those don't expire. You can use those whenever you want. The Christmas discount, which is actually bigger, twenty five percent, expires at the end of December. So use that one now. Hold off on the other discount code for later. You can't use them together. Just hold it off for later and use the Christmas code for now. And if you want that Christmas code, shoot me an email at brian at Publishing.com or brian at com, And we'll get those to you. And then we'll be back again here very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.